Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Ready? Go. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Hang on! It's off the charts spectacular. Go, go, go! Tom Cruise has outdone himself. The world's coming after you. Stay out of my way. Prepare for one of the best action movies ever made. This is getting exciting. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Welcome in to episode three of the Players' Lounge, a collaborative effort between Inside Carolina and Hills for Life. I'm Tommy Ashley. That's Joey Powell. If you're watching us on the YouTube version of this, you see the man in the middle, Caleb Hood. Caleb. Good, how are you? We are well here. It's always a pleasure to talk to you guys. If folks are listening and have not checked out uh, myself and Taylor Viplis talked to Drake May last a couple weeks ago. Joey Powell and Vip talked to Cayman Rucker last week. Like I said, this is episode three. Joey, just before we get into it, tell everybody how important the collaboration with Hills for Life is doing these podcasts, but not only that for North Carolina football as well. You know, you've you've seen on the IC message boards and just in general conversation around Carolina football, everybody wants to make sure, you know, that the NIL world is equal in Chapel Hill as it is everywhere else. Well, this is a way to do it. Support Heels for Life. Uh, Heels for Life is the official NIL collective for Carolina football. Um, they help not only, you know, make sure the players are having chance to to make some money off their own name, image, and likeness. But they also connect these players with, you know, nonprofit organizations and chances to do uh, good work in their community. But it's just an all-around good organization. And if you'd like to be a part of it, go to healsforlife.org. See it right there on the screen. Or if you're not watching us and you're listening, heals the number four, life.org. Find out how you can contribute and how you can get more involved. Tommy, I got to say before we get off into this, I know usually you're kind of, you know, carrying the flag of being the old man here. But I want to start and say I had classes with Errol Hood. He and I were were he and I were in 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 French class and something else together my freshman year of school. So this is this has got me in the Tommy Ashley chair feeling really old right now. So so well, Tommy, I'm I'm gonna sit back and, and lick my wounds and let you start driving right now because man, I, I am all kinds of in my feelings. <laughs> well, let me tell you, uh, at least you were in school when he was. I was doing this stuff when he was playing. And I know, Caleb, you always hear about people remembering your pops and all that, but just what's, what's your first memory of the game of football growing up in a football household? My first memory of football is uh, I played soccer, uh, you know, when I first started playing sports. And uh, I remember I was, uh, it was one game I was, um, I wasn't paying attention really good. I was like, the, there was a football practice going on, like on the bottom field where I was playing at. 
I just kept watching the game like during my soccer game. And then uh, I ended up accidentally kicking the ball on the wrong goal. And then, like, the, I remember the game after that, my mom was like, yeah, we're, we're going to sign up for football. And, you know, it's pretty much been going after that. So. so, growing up down there in Richmond County, I mean, we were talking a little bit off the air. My memories of Richmond County football, Mike Thomas, uh, Oscar Sturgis, I think Norwood played down there. Just ridiculous football. Um, what was it like growing up in that environment and then having the opportunity to put on that uniform um, and really have such success that you did? Uh, it, was, it was awesome, you know, growing up and you know, seeing those Friday night games. Um, you know, you just wanted to play the, play in those games, you know, when you got older. And, uh, you know, I had the chance. Uh, my, my grandpa, he was the coach um, for a while, and uh, he ended up moving to Edenton. And, uh, you know, I had to make a tough decision on, you know, if I wanted to play with him or if I wanted to, uh, you know, stay and then play in Richmond County. And, you know, just growing up there and then building – chemistry with a lot of friends and stuff, playing AAU ball and stuff like that. You know, I just decided to stay, and, uh, you know, it, it pretty much worked out. I, I had a great time, uh, you know, made a lot of memories, and uh, it, it was really fun. So, We talked about your dad earlier. You know, obviously he had his own path at Carolina, but yeah. once you got into football, was it always going to be Chapel Hill for you? Was it always going to be Carolina Blue? Was it always going to be UNC? Uh, pretty much, you know, I mean, I, it wasn't really like his decision or my family's decision. Uh, you know, we, me and my brothers and sisters, uh, you know, we're, we've always been huge Carolina fans, uh, ride or die. Um, so it wasn't really uh, necessarily like I, I had to go to Carolina, but, uh, you know, I just, you know, it was my dream growing up. And then once I got the opportunity, I couldn't really turn it down, especially with uh, Coach Brown coming back. So I think um... – one of the things a lot of people don't appreciate is that there can sometimes be extra pressure when you're coming in as a legacy. Did you ever feel that? Or, or what was that like for you? Um, It wasn't really like necessarily pressure. I know, I, I know like going on other visits, like I had like coaches like tell me like, Oh yeah, I know your dad went to Carolina, but you know, we, you want, you still want to try to get you over here and stuff. And, but I mean, it was kind of like, it, it kind of felt more awkward going to other schools and stuff, but, uh, you know, I never really felt any, like, pressure, so to speak. When, when you were being recruited, first of all, what other schools were in the mix for you? Uh, I mean, we, Carolina was it, but what other schools tried? And then how big a deal was it for you? Um, you played quarterback in high school, really did everything in high school, but you ultimately switched to running back. How big a deal was the quarterback factor in your recruitment? Um, you know, Early in my, like, high school career, I was kind of important to me. Like, I felt like, you know, I wanted to play quarterback. And then part of it was just trying to, you know, prove to myself that I could play quarterback on the college level and, like, you know, just get college attention as a quarterback. And then, you know, I, like, started realizing that, you know, it might benefit me more if I, like, would, uh, like you know, branch out and just tell, tell coaches that I would, like, be uh, willing to play another position. And uh, that kind of uh, ended up working out with uh, some other schools. But uh, um, just uh, – just in all, like I just, I I just wanted to prove to myself that I could play quarterback, um, you know, at the next level. But other than that, like it didn't really have like that much of a an effect. Random question: If you did not go to Carolina, where might you have gone? Put you on the spot. Um, I I don't really know. I know I, I liked Tennessee. They came in late, you know, like after I like committed. Um, they came in late. And so, Michigan State, probably one of those, maybe Tennessee, because uh, I mean, I like the mountains. It's a great environment up there. So, 
That's interesting. I always ask people, um, because people always assume that legacies like yourself or mm-hmm. they're going to Carolina. I mean, all the discussion about Drake and all that noise in the off season, I mean, it's Carolina legacy. There's one place for him to play. So it's interesting to hear you talk about another school. Um, what's the transition been like? Uh, I mean, you're a couple years in now, but you're still sort of making that transition to running back. Has it been difficult for you um, not having the ball in your hands every single play um, on the college level, or has it been good for you in that regard? I feel like it's been pretty good for me, uh, you know, just, you know, seeing everything through a different perspective. Um, you know, uh, obviously, you, you mean, you love having the ball in your hands every single play, but, you know, I get to make plays uh, more using my athletic ability. And now, like, more in high school, you know, I was kind of, like, dishing it off, getting it to my playmakers, so – now I'm kind of one of those playmakers for Drake. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's fun, though. Um, it's definitely been uh, challenging. You know, I, I didn't get hit in practice at all. And uh, I only got hit. I didn't get hit really in, on, in Friday, on Fridays until, like, probably near the playoffs. So, um, <clears throat> so it's, it's definitely been different, you know, just hitting and, uh, you know, having contact every single day. Um, and, you know, I run a lot more at running back so, um, than I did in, in practice at high school and quarterback. So, um, it's, it's definitely uh, a lot different, but uh, it's, it's really fun. So, I think it's a lot of folks probably don't realize that not only were you a quarterback in high school, you put up some gaudy numbers as a quarterback in high school. I mean, some you know record breaking, like state record book type numbers. So, you know, making that transition, what's something that you were able to hang on to as a high school quarterback that now makes you a better running back? What are some things you were able to pull through? You know, once you made that change, that that maybe is it seeing the field? Is it is it understanding? You know, is understanding which way movement's going to go? Is it understanding? You know, what the quarterback's thinking? Help us understand the the, the kind of the, the through line from going to a, a quarterback to a running back. So I feel like uh, you know, just playing quarterback overall, you know, it helped me like see the field better. I know, like pass protection wise, you know, it helped me see like the way like you uh, pick up blitzes and who the line, who the offensive line has, who the running back has, and then who the quarterback has a pass off of. So I feel like that definitely played like a big role in uh, making that uh, that part of the game a lot easier for me. Um, you know, just seeing defensive uh, tendencies and stuff like that, um, it definitely helped. Um, you know, just having to like uh, be aware of all those things, and um, you know, so it just you know it kind of just sped up the process of like having to like worry about all that other stuff. So it um, made it a lot easier on me whenever I had to play uh, running back because I was basically just responsible for one position instead of everybody else on the field. So. You talked about how you you know you didn't get hit in high school, and, and then you know, you really didn't get touched on Fridays until you guys were getting close to getting close to playoff time. Help us understand what's something that maybe you didn't expect about the position change, or was there a day where you're now in the running back group and somebody lights you up and you just weren't expecting it? Like share share one of those memories with us, and and kind of the moment was like, okay, I'm not a QB anymore. Uh, I def- it was probably the first day of uh, padded practice. Uh, we had uh, like a perimeter drill, and uh, I was like rolling out to like uh, block. It was a dude named Kadri Jackson. He uh, transferred, but uh, he he lit me up, and um, my uh, coach Porter he got he got on me. I was like, yeah, I, I gotta I gotta do something. This is fun, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it definitely woke me up. And I was like, yeah, like you you got to be physical every single play. Um, it's a physical position. Uh, it's obviously a physical game. But, uh, you know, once you, you know, kind of get that down, you get comfortable with that. Um, you know, obviously, 
um, you can't just have like one one good practice, one physical practice, and come back and go, oh, I'm just gonna be soft today. Like you got you got to bring it every day. So it's uh, it's definitely different uh, from uh, from that aspect. What uh, would you say that was your welcome to college moment there in practice? Uh, yeah, probably. I mean, I, I had a few, but you know, that was probably the one I was like, oh yeah, it's because my my family was there, everybody was was watching the stuff. So I was like, dang, like. <laughs> I remember you thumped somebody in one of those open practices and everybody was like, Oh, that's, that's, that's nice there. But on, on the field in a game, um, you know, I think about the app state run, but what, what, what did you, when did you realize, man, I'm a college running back and was, I'm a pretty good college running back. It was definitely the app game. I mean, I know I had like a, a decent, pretty decent game against Virginia my freshman year, but I was kind of like this. I didn't really know what was going on. I was just, you know, running around. I like a chicken with his head cut off. You know, I didn't really – I was just in the sight to be out there. But, you know, uh, probably definitely the app game. Um, you know, I felt like I was not necessarily like – I mean, I know I had a few big runs, but I felt like I was being consistent and, like, you know, just managing everything pretty good. Um, so, that's, that's definitely when I felt like I was like, all right, I'm, I think I can do this. So, so the, the App State game, you called it out. Uh, there was the long run where you came up three yards short of, yeah. of, of taking it to the house. I know how college football players are. Which teammate, when you came to the sidelines, was in your ear the most about not getting across the, the white line and, and getting six there? Uh, my roommate Diego, uh, Diego Pounds. He he was yeah he was talking trash, but uh, basically all my roommates we're all really close. Uh, him and JJ Jones. Um, yeah, they were, they were definitely letting me hear like for probably about a week or two. (laughs) I think Tommy, Tommy's alluding to it a little bit. Um, you know, that app game kind of was your coming out party. You're right. And, Mm -hmm. and I think that something you've been able to do in making that transition from quarterback to running back is you're not afraid to lower your head on somebody. Uh, you, you know, you've got good size on you, you know, your lower body's pretty thick. You're able to, to, you know, to lower the boom when you have to. How do you get from being a quarterback who doesn't get touched to turning into a running back that has to, on occasion, truck somebody? What's the, what's the change there mentally? I um, mean, you know, I like really I didn't really like I wasn't necessarily like one of those run you over type of guys in in high school. I was just I was always a juker. I was on like two two hundred five, like two ten. So I was mostly like I, I would either try to outrun you or like juke you or something. I wasn't really going to try to shuck you or anything. Now. Um, you know, our, our coach really emphasizes, uh, you know, physicality and uh, stuff like that. And you miss, I mean, I'm, I'm a bigger guy. So um, obviously now everybody's faster. So that, I mean, that's really like the main thing. Everybody's fast. So like, I'm just like, all right, I got, I got, just got to run through them. I can't really outrun them now. I gotta, I gotta do something else. So that's kind of where that comes from now. When you look at your career thus far, you, you've had some injuries. Um you've had you know the app state everybody's you know jacked up you know hood's gonna be a great running back he's gonna do well and then you've had some untimely injuries what's that been like mentally and personally dealing with those type things i mean football is a contact sport and like you mentioned earlier when you're running back you're getting hit all the time Uh, but as far as getting injured and missing time how's that been for you mentally going through that process Uh, it's it's definitely frustrating I know because, you know, we all work hard, um, whether you play or not. All all these guys work hard. We all work we, we all work uh, extremely hard just to, you know, just to even be on the team. And, uh, you know, it's 
I mean, it's just frustrating. Even when you, even if you don't play, like, you know, getting hurt and then you can't participate in practice or, or anything. So, I remember, uh, I mean, I said in me and JJ's podcast, Alex Mars, when I first got here, he was like talking to like me and I can't remember who else. He was like, you don't, like, he pointed like to some red jerseys. He was like, you don't want to be in those. That's the easiest way, you know, to get on the coach's bad side. And then I was like, all right, noted. And then, you know, it, you know, that obviously ended up happening to me um, a few times. So, well, I mean, uh, more than a few, you know, but uh, it's definitely been frustrating. But, uh, you know, just um, having that support system, I mean, everybody on the team, like, you know, they support me, um, the trainers. Um, you know, we have our own, like, people you can see for that stuff, um, for mental health. And, uh, you know, they, they just did all the coaching and everything, just did a good job, you know, make, like keeping everything positive, you know. Um, so uh, it's definitely been hard, but uh, at the same time, you know, stuff happens. Everything happens for a reason, you know. Um, I believe God that I believe that God doesn't put you through anything that you can't overcome. So, um, and I got that tattoo on my arm. So, you know, um, it's, it is what it is. Yeah, that's definitely from from my experience talking to guys in your shoes. That's definitely you got to have that. You got to have that mindset because it can be it can be rough, especially on young athletes. And, and um, you've been through it all so far. Carolina's got a new offense, uh, relatively new offense. Chip Lindsey's come in. Um, among he's one of the changes this year just looking you know at your running back room and then with Chip Lindsay and Randy Clements on the offensive line what what will change this year for North Carolina fans looking at Carolina's offense and and I think the general thought is <clears throat> Lindsay doesn't need to screw it up <laughs> you know but when you look down at it a lot, there there are a lot of improvements that can be made. What have you seen um, in the spring and, and over the course of the summer so far, um, improvements that we might see as far as the running game for North Carolina? Oh, well, that, that's basically it. Um, you know, it's, there's, they put a big emphasis on the running game. You know, we have a lot of different, you know, types of runs and stuff we can do to run the ball, um, you know, passing game, you know, that, that is what it is. It's kind of, you know, we might tweak some things here and there for the passing game. But other than that, it's really, you know, honestly, just the running game, you know, just, I mean, not even I mean, as as much as we, you know, we can change and do whatever. I mean, you know, we just got to, you know, keep pushing forward and like just, you know, you know, you just run the ball is kind of, so it's a physical thing, you know, so we just got to, uh, you know, work at it and, uh, you know, just get through it, so. Caleb, you guys have a very, very crowded running back room, but in a sense, you guys are all different. What's something yeah. that you feel like every other guy in that room brings to the offense that's different from from the guy next to him? You know, I feel like uh, you know George. He's 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 really quick, uh, super fast. Uh, probably one of the fastest on the team and quickest on the team. Uh, British. He's you know obviously he's a veteran. You know I learned most of my most of everything from him. Obviously, he's he's super strong. Uh, he's and he's fast. Um, Amarion, he's he has it all pretty much. He's a he's a great running back and he's young. He's growing. Um, Elijah, you know, he's also a veteran. Uh, he's super fast as well, you know, and he brings a lot to the table mentally. And uh, he's he just his preparation. Obviously, you see last year, not playing much, and then at the end of the season, getting thrown in there, and you know, he just he was he was ready. So, um, you know, that speaks volumes on him. And then uh, me, me, I feel like um, uh, I'm a pretty good pass catcher uh, out the backfield, and uh, I feel like, feel like I'm pretty balanced. But uh, you know, I feel like at the end of the day, um, you know, we can we all have 
we all we all got to be ready because you know I run about you, you never know you see last year a few of us got banged up uh British got out I got out um so you know you just got to be ready so but I feel like it all of us uh you know have something to bring to the table so one of the things about running backs are they all become squat rack freaks right like as soon as you make that you know, as soon as you make that change everybody everybody wants to see who's got the strongest lower body in, in the room who's the strongest out of y'all who's right right now if all of y'all go to Go to Coach Hess. Definitely Mariano. He that dude is free. Like he's he's strong. <laughs> he's strong for sure. When you when you look at a guy like him, I mean, I feel like you've got a little more shiftiness. You you mentioned your quarterback skills and doing that. If you had to, if you had to be a scout and you had to tell your guys, and this might be a tough question, but I want you to be honest if you can. How would you? How would those guys in the room, not named Caleb Hood, uh, improve? I think Amarion's vision probably is near the top. In high school at Cleveland, he was used to just plowing everybody. Um, <laughs> and it doesn't happen in college, but it's just sort of break down the room that way. And you can start with Amarion. And, you know, to see him improve and, and get better in the offseason and look better at on the field, what does he need to do? You know, I mean, obviously, you know, coming in freshman year, I mean, it can be a lot. Uh, you know, I feel like, you know, just, you know, seeing things better. I mean, obviously, everybody, everybody can work on their vision. Um, you know, sometimes, you, you know, just you're overwhelmed with stuff. And then, uh, you know, it just it clouds your mind. You're like, you know, you get in your own head. But, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll be fine. Um, you know, he, he played running, he played football pretty much his whole life. So he'll, he'll be fine. Um, you know, George, he's obviously a really talented guy. You know, I think me and him both, you know, had to work on pass protection. Um, but other than that, he, he, has, he has pretty much all of it. Um, I think he's going to be really special. Um, Elijah, you know, obviously he's um, been playing a lot. He played a lot towards the end of the season. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I don't, I don't really know how to like, um, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, he's he's really he's really fast. Uh, so I'm trying to think of something that he can improve on. And I, I know all of us are, you know, trying to make a big emphasis on pass protection. Um, so that's one thing that everybody. In the whole room, could uh, pretty much improve on except for British. Probably he's he's a stud when it comes to power protection. Um, and then me and BB right now, you know, we're just trying to get back out there and stay healthy for you know a season. So um, you know, he's he was out all last year. Um, you know, he just wants to you know come back and he had a really breakout game against State and then against uh, South Carolina. You know, I know he just itching to get back out there and uh, finish his last year. And um, you know, I'm. I'm excited to get back out there as well. Um, you know, I haven't really had like a, a full healthy season yet. So um, hopefully we can, uh, you know, get some momentum going towards the fall and, you know, stay healthy. How important is it for every player, but players that have dealt with injuries or, or whatever misgivings or, or misfortunes they have to have guys that have been through it? I mean, British has been around for a long time. He was ready for a breakout season, like you mentioned, and he, then he goes out all year. Um, but you get to see him up front, up close, uh, deal with it, process it, and work through it. How big a deal is that for you and other players um, on this roster? Oh, huge. You know, just, I mean, a guy like that, he could have easily been like, uh, whatever, like, I'm, I'm done with this. And, uh, you know, be negative about it. But he was positive. He, you know, he came in every day. He coached us. Um, like he helped, like, all, like every, every practice. He was in every meeting. Um, you know, he, he was just, he was always there and, uh, you know, he, he was, you could tell he had that, he was itching to get better and, you know, just get back out there. And, 
you know, he's he's pretty much fully healthy now. Um, you know, he's he's just he's getting back to you know full full strength. Um, so it's it's really good to see, you know, because uh, it's not it's not all the time you see um, guys just be positive about stuff like that because it can really affect you mentally. And uh, so it's, it's it's great to see. Caleb, you were talking about pass protection, and let's just let's look at the trophy in the room. You've got a, a Heisman hopeful and Drake May taking snaps. Yeah. You know, so. Does that change? Uh, does that give you extra pressure? You know, when when you see him as one of the top two, you know, uh, one of the top two favorites from Vegas to to win the trophy. How does that change how y'all handle pass protection? Does it? Do you hear a little more from the coaches? Do you hear a little more from, um, you know, fr- from your offensive coordinator about, hey, we we got to clean this up, or he can't get touched, or or does that does that cause you guys to put more pressure on yourselves? Uh, to to an extent, uh, but you know that's always been, you know, when Coach Porter came in here, he always emphasized pass protection first. I um, you know, protecting the ball, and pass protection. So, but at the same time, you know, now like, I mean, he's obviously. He's up there with the best of them, Drake. Um, so you know you you got to protect him or you can't win. Um, so he he needs time. You give him time. Obviously, you see what he can do. So uh, so yeah, it definitely there's a diff, there's a there's some pressure on you. You know, just to you know, not even for yourself, but you know, just for the whole offense in general. Because if you miss a block or something, and everybody else has them, and then like the the play's bad because you, you know, there's there's some pressure on you. So well, so stay in there. What's the flip side of it? you are playing with a Heisman hopeful. You're playing with a, you know, record-setting quarterback. How do you feel as a guy who gets to play with him, who does, you know, catch the ball out of the backfield quite a bit? How much does that fire you up? How much do you guys enjoy being able to to jump on a highlight reel just because of who you got calling signals? Oh, it was awesome. You know, he brings, you know, he brings that intensity every day. Um, and he's, a, he's a super competitor, whether we're playing uh, football in practice, uh, intramural basketball. Uh, whether we're like golfing or something, like he's he's a competitor. Um, he's uh he's he's definitely up there with the best of them. So you know you just you you see him up there and you want you just want to be better. He makes everybody better around him. So you know it's it's awesome to have you know a guy like that leading your team. So uh, at the end of the day, you know we we got to protect him, and uh, you know good things will happen. When people talk about North Carolina football, um, they talk about the offense like we've we've done on this podcast and in plenty of other podcasts. But all the naysayers want to talk about the defense and how the defense was um, not good last year at times. Uh, there were some highlights. They, they there were certainly some some positive moments. Um, but what have you seen from the defensive side of the ball? I asked Drake the other day, um, how does the defense look? Because he sees them every day going up against them. Um, and he felt like North Carolina's defense was sort of closing the gaps a little bit where the money plays. Um, anybody that's played Madden or any of those video games know that you, you go with this play, you're going to get that yards and all that. And he said the defense has done a good job of eliminating those. From the running back position, what have you seen from the defensive side of the ball that maybe can help North Carolina fans um, have a little bit higher expectations from Gene Chizik's group in 2023? Uh, I mean, just overall, I mean, they looked a lot better this spring. I mean, and I mean, not, you can't really knock on them. You know, the offensive, the offense nowadays, I mean, you know, you see like every game, like, you know, teams are scoring like 40, 50 points. Um, you know, the lowest you see now is like you, you see 21 points on the board, 28 points. You're like, oh, they offense had a bad game. So, like, now, I mean, it's 
so I mean, you can. A lot of people say it's the defense, but like you I mean, that's just how the offense is working now. Like it's not really a lot you can do. But uh, obviously, but this this spring, you know, they look they look really good. Um, you know, up front they look they look really good, refreshed. Uh, a lot of guys rotating and stuff like that. Um, you know, um, just on all cylinders they look they look really good. So this episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. You deserve the truth. The enemy is at our gates. The fight for humanity. I look at your faces. I do not see defeat. No! And I do not see surrender. Is far from over. You will not make that stand alone. We have something the enemy does not. We have heroes. Halo. New season now streaming. Exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. I want you to give me a player on each side of the ball. It cannot be yourself, and it can't be Drake. Um, and we'll say it can't be said or power on defense because everybody's going to pick those. But give me a player on offense and a player on defense that you think that in December of this year, after the season, North Carolina fans will be talking about that guy was special in 2023. On offense, good luck. Uh, that that dude, he he's gonna make some plays this year for us. Uh, he he's been really good. And um, uh, besides power, and I uh, said on defense, um, definitely probably Elijah Huzzy. He's uh, you know, he came in. He he he's really good. Um, you know, his his footwork really nice. Um, you know, he's we we needed like some like a like a dog like that at corner. You know, to come in and shut us side down. Um, you know, he come coming from a smaller school. I feel like you know his his mindset. He he wants to prove something. You know to everybody, so uh, he's he's definitely a dog, and uh, you know I've seen flashes from him this spring. So hopefully, um, I feel like I think he'll pretty much have a big year. Tommy, we are three for three in mentions of Elijah Huzzy on this podcast. Yeah. Drake, Cayman, and now Caleb have all mentioned uh, Huzzy as as a breakout player on the defense. So for those who are listening and or watching this show, you know consider that what you will uh, when you start getting amped for for what the fall is going to look like. Uh, I'm going to throw you a softball here, Caleb. What play call, if you hear, and I realize, you know, some things will change with the new offensive coordinator, but what's a, what's a play call when you hear it, you're like, you just get jacked about, you know, like, all right, this is, whether it's one where you know you're going to get a chance to hit somebody, where you know it's one that, that you're probably going to have a chance to get a touch. Like, you you tell me, what's what's the play when you hear it in the huddle, you're like, oh, yeah. Any type of counter or power, you know, I love gap scheme runs. Um, those are, those are, uh, they're always, always my favorite runs. Even a quarterback at high school, uh, we put in a bunch of, you know, quarterback power, quarterback counter runs, um, either that or some type of wheel route, you know, you're like, Oh, I got a chance to, like, <laughs> I got a chance to go up and get it real quick. But, uh, yeah, those, those are always the, the, you know, the, the ones that open your eyes a little bit. You're like, Oh yeah, this might be able to make a play here. All right. Who's, and again, if I ask you to be a little bit vulnerable too. Who's somebody when you see lined up on the other side of the field, and, and you're gonna have to go man to man with him? You're like, okay, this is this this, this this might this might be tough. Oh, definitely power. You know, he always he brings it every day. So you know, you can you, you see him. You're like, oh, you, you got to bring it because he you know he's gonna bring it. So 
Uh, I'd definitely say Power. Who's more intense, Drake May or Power Eccles? Uh, probably definitely Power. Uh, you know, he <laughs> he always brings it every day. Uh, you know, not I mean not not that Drake doesn't, but uh, it's it's different. When power, he's he's always yelling and he's always fired up. So I don't I don't know. I feel like sometimes he might wake up and just yell sometimes. But <laughs> that's how he is. So that that's funny. I've not seen him uh, not intense ever being around the program. Uh, it's funny uh, when you talk about those guys uh, from a college student perspective. Uh, I mean, I, I always tell people, and I said this to Drake, and I say it to everybody: is college athletes are just regular students with a talent. You know, they they've got more talent in football or basketball than most people do. Therefore, they play on a team. What's it like being a college student, a that plays a sport, but being just a college student at University of North Carolina? That's fun. You know, you get to, you know, meet new people. I mean, you get to come to a, a prestigious college like UNC, um, get a great education. So, you know, football doesn't work. You know, you got school to fall back on in your degree. So, uh, you know, that's it's, it's a great place, a uh, great place to be. You know, I've made great friends, a bunch of a bunch of friends that, you know, aren't even involved in football at all. Um, so, you know, it's it's, it's been uh, it's been a fun ride. And uh, it's, I can't wait to, you know, just keep keep it going. What's it like having brother at school with you and on the team with you? It's awesome. You actually got to push the running back. And, uh, you know, so, uh, you know, I get to, you know, kind of bring him in uh, under my wing and, uh, you know, just show him the ways because he was a receiver and now uh, he switched to running back. And, uh, you know, he, he got some playing time in the spring game. I, I was proud of him. You know, he, he was excited. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome, you know, just, you know, getting to see him every day, you know, because, I, I, you know, after my – Coming in uh, during COVID, when I came early and skipped my senior season, I didn't really – I was kind of – I didn't know if I'd get to play with them again. You know, now we're back on the same team for a few more years. So, you know, we got a few more years left now. Hey, look, now that there's there's two hood boys in Chapel Hill, go ahead and you, – you can spill the tea. Like, Earl's basically got an apartment up here again, doesn't he? Or is he, or is he staying with y'all? Like, is, is your dad basically just moving back to Chapel Hill now just to, to be at practice all the time? <laughs> Oh no, he's definitely at practice every day. Uh, you know, he'll he'll make the drive. He lives in Southern Ponds though, but uh, he'll he definitely will make he makes that drive every day, especially the spring. It's past spring. He was up there every single practice. So, yeah, it's, he was. Uh, he's always um, sharing highlights of you guys, and he's he's clearly your biggest fan. And you know, tell us a little bit. What does that mean to have a guy? You know, we talked about the legacy piece before, but what does it mean now to have? You know, your number one fan is a guy who has worn the uniform, who has walked through the tunnel, who has who has been on the same campus as a student as you are. You know, how much of that do you feel a special connection to your dad uh, because of those things? And are you guys are you guys sharing stories over some of that, or or do you still feel like, nah, he's an old head? I just I just let him do his thing and I'll do my thing. Uh, you know, definitely my mom and my mom and my sister Kylie are definitely tied with uh with my dad for a number one fan. But uh, yeah, sometimes you know he he tells me some stories sometimes, but you know he I kind of just keep his he keeps his all his stories and I got mine. But uh, he, definitely Coach Bly, he used to actually tell me like stories about him and my dad all the time whenever before he left, and uh, every time my dad would come up, they laugh and like talk about you know their stories and stuff. But uh, you know, I'm, it's just you know I'm making my my memories with uh, you know all my friends. Uh, my my dad loves um, Carolina. Uh, he comes back and. She's just guys all the time come come back to games and stuff. You know, they I think they have like some uh, alumni tent 
like go there at halftime or whatever. Uh, I know him and uh, my brother talked about that my freshman year. But uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's just it's great having you know my dad played here. Uh, you know, just getting to you know hear about that and uh, coming games when I was younger as well. So uh, it's just been awesome. Yeah, we had him on the podcast a couple of years ago. Yeah, when, when yeah, you, yeah. and uh, and he he spoke highly of that. I mean, of course, North Carolina fans remember the NC State play in Charlotte um, when he and David Bomar ended North Carolina State's chances of coming back there. Um, before we get out of here, and we're talking with Caleb Hood, North Carolina running back, Hills for Life, um, has set this up and helped us with these, and then collaborated with us for these great podcasts with North Carolina players. Um, Tell us about your podcast with J.J. Jones that you guys do. Um, yeah, why are you coming for our job, Caleb? <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, y- y'all could just come on this one. But no, seriously, tell, tell us what it's about, what you guys are hoping to accomplish and, and get forth to the masses um, in that arena. Well, so, I mean, me and J.J., we're both uh, – we love to talk, on, you know, on the camera and stuff, you know, just – and, like, growing up, I know, you know, talking to him, like, me and him, I like, used to look up, like, what it was like to, you know – be a college athlete, day in life, stuff like that, and like just hear like athletes talk and like about their their stories and stuff. Like I'd like like get a snack and just eat and just watch like a podcast or you know, I'll, I'll watch like Busting with the Boys stuff like that. Some just you know athletic uh, podcasts like you know, athletes that uh, start their own thing. So uh, we just want to you know get our stories out and uh, just just answer any question that anybody has about us. Like get ourselves out there. Um, but we you know we just love talking his community i mean his uh community uh his major sorry yeah um is uh media uh, media and journalism and modest communication so um you know we're just we, we like we like talking uh to people and uh you know just telling stories so we're just trying to get that out there and you know hopefully we can do something with it so football career plays out however it does um what's the future away from football look like for caleb hood uh, my dream job is to be a, a ESPN sports analyst, like Coach Brown was. Uh, I thought that was, I think, I mean, I think that's really cool. Um, so you know, hopefully, I can maybe go to the NFL for a few years and then fall back and be an analyst or something, some sort, even if it's like ACC Network, something like that. He really does want our job, Tommy. He's trying, <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, Mac goes from coaching all his life to doing it to back the coaching. So, hey, man, it obviously is a pretty good gig if you can get it. And, uh, you know, I always always like seeing athletes in the journalism and the me, Joe type stuff because it's a natural fit. What's the worst thing, Joey, that you want to hear? You want to hear somebody that never played the game talk about the game. Yeah. Whereas I don't want to hear from me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Caleb, a couple more questions, a couple fun questions. Um, I'm going to let Joey ask the one on my list here, but video games, do you play them? Um, and, and, and how competitive does it get? And what do you guys play when you have downtime? Uh, we, I definitely play Fortnite. Uh, I, I'm on, Fortnite? I'm on That's Fortnite. old. If I, if, I, if I got some free time, uh, my, my girlfriend hates what I'm on there because I'll be on there for hours. But, uh, you know, I'll, <laughs> I'll be on there for, for a while, me and J.J., you know, uh, Geo Biggers, Drake, some of us, we all we're always on the on Fortnite, either that or uh, or Madden or Two K or something like that. But most most mostly Fortnite, though, for sure. So what's on the, what's on the Netflix? If you're uh if you're watching something <clears throat> on streaming, what what do you guys watch there in the house? Um, uh, most of some like some crime stuff, like some investigation <laughs> stuff. 
Uh, I was watching like the Night Agent or something like that. Um, the other, the other week, a few weeks ago, that was really good. So, all right. So you got uh, you got a day off. You know, you're probably you mentioned golfing earlier. Um, I'm not gonna let you sleep. What are you gonna do on your day off? You know, when you don't have to, when you don't have to report. You know, you don't have to go to, you don't have to go to the training table or anything like that. What, what are you doing on your day off? Uh, now I'm probably gonna go to the driver range. I, you know, I just learned how to play actually, like last weekend. Uh, so it's and it's fun. Like it's, it's addicting. So I've been going. I went to drive shack like, like a few days ago. Then I went to the driver range and started practicing. But uh, I and I was outside like swinging my clubs yesterday, just in the grass. So uh, definitely probably go play golf or something somewhere. Don't do it, man. Uh, Don't look do out. <laughs> you're gonna be our age. Going, you're gonna you're gonna play. You're gonna stink all day. You're gonna hit one good shot and say, "I gotta come back, man." I can yeah, do it. I feel I like feel like I almost got this thing licked because of one <laughs> shot you hit on you know somewhere on a course of 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 eighty or ninety some strokes. You're going to hit one shot and feel like you almost you can get your tour card tomorrow. Um, all right. So you've got a, a free meal somewhere in Chapel Hill. All right. Where are you going and what are you gonna go eat? I don't want to sound fat, but dude, cookout is my go-to. Like, if I'm like, all right, I'm I'm hungry. I want I want cookout. But uh, recently, I've been going to Cava, get like a little chicken and rice bowl with spinach and corn, and some cheese with some uh, Greek vinaigrette uh, sauce, whatever you call it. Uh, that's been fire too. So, uh, but I'd definitely say cookout. A- uh, see, Tommy, he's 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 growing up now. He's getting to be an upperclassman. He knows how to give that like nutritionist friendly answer, but also. <laughs> He's still he he's still got the he's still got the underclassman in where he gives the immediate uh, knee jerk reaction of cookout. What's on your cookout tray? All right, so this is all my friends laugh whenever I order it. Uh, I get a cheeseburger tray uh, or a big double burger tray, whichever one. Um, but I get like three pieces of extra cheese. I love cheese, like like I, that's like my favorite thing. <laughs> I get three pieces of uh, cheese, and then I get slaw and ketchup, and then uh, I get Cajun fries and a corn dog with a sweet tea. Yeah, the man said he's pumping the calories in there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's got, better than I just uh, got. A, I just had. A, I just had a small coronary listening to that story. So, <laughs> so nice job. I mean, I go for the bacon wraps. The ranch bacon wraps are, are great. And then I looked and see how much calories they have, and I'm like, yeah, they're not as good as they sounded. Um, and at least you don't get four quesadillas like a certain uh, Inside Carolina podcast person does. It's oh, like, yeah. All right, so uh, training table meal in the football center. What's definitely, good? What's not? Definitely chicken alfredo. They they got some good chicken alfredo with some broccoli. Uh, you know, throw some fruit in there too, and that's a that's a pretty good meal right there. So, and I just love chicken alfredo. You know, wait, wait, just, wait! You throw fruit in the chicken alfredo, or oh, you mean no, fruit no, on the no, side? No, just on like the side or something like that. Okay, you said throw some fruit in there, and I thought I had lost complete touch with what uh, the kids are doing these days. <laughs> nah, not not in the not in the alfredo. So uh, just to wrap, and again, we're talking with Caleb Hood, uh, Heels for Life, Inside Carolina Players Lounge podcast. Uh, Caleb, 2023 is really right around the corner. Uh, South Carolina Labor Day weekend. Uh, it's coming soon. You got camp that'll open. Good gracious. You guys are already working out solid all the time, but camp in earnest opens in, I guess, six weeks maybe, if that. Um what can North, North Carolina fans expect from this North Carolina team? Um, we've talked about Drake May, we've talked about the defense, and we've talked about the running back room. But for you as a player that's in it, that's in the arena every day, um, what can North Carolina fans expect to see um, when the season rolls around in September? We're going to compete. 
you know, we, we, we're excited to, you know, get back out there and prove ourselves, you know, to everybody. I feel like last year was kind of just testing the waters. You know, we, we lost Sam and, uh, you know, some, some guys on defense, and we're just kind of like, I wonder, wonder how we're going to be. Everything was in the air. But uh, now we, we know what we got, and, uh, you know, we're coming to, you know, compete. So I think it's going to be a really fun year. Caleb, last question. We'll let you go enjoy uh, enjoy the rest of your day and appreciate you making time for us and appreciate Heels for Life helping to make this happen. You've heard Coach Brown talk about the best teams that he's ever coached are player-led teams. I think that transitions just from, you know, not just football, but goes into other sports as well. But you've now, like we said a second ago, you're an upperclassman now. What, is, what does being a leader mean to Caleb? When, when you think about, all right, I need to be a leader, what is that? Your example. You know, you, you know, you can't get people to follow you if uh, you're not doing the right things as well. And they're, they're not going to, you know, if you're, you know, like doing like something wrong or something like that, and, uh, and then you're trying to tell somebody to do something right, you know, they're not going to, they're going to nah, you're especially young kids, young guys coming in, you know, they're not going to want to listen to somebody that's, you know, doing something bad or like they see somebody slipping up, you know, so, you know, you got to, uh, you know, build your example up to where even if you're not saying anything, they're looking at you and like, oh yeah, I want, I want to be like that. Or, you know, I, I need to, I need to, you know, act right or, you know, so stuff like that. So, but just building your example, you know, and then once you do that, um, you know, you don't even have to speak for real. So, uh, but yeah, I'd definitely say your example. Well, Tommy, there is your answer to the venerable question from the laureate DMX, where to hood, where to hood, where to hood at. He's right <laughs> here with us on the 40 club today. I'm sorry, on the players lounge today. And uh, really appreciate you making time for us, Caleb. Uh, thank you for humoring two old dudes. And again, it, this is hurting my heart to talk to the son of a contemporary on a podcast. But I'm I'm just grateful for you for opening up with us today. And hopefully, you know, if fans are intrigued by this and want to find out how they can uh, support Caleb and all the other uh, football players that are a part of the Heels for Life NIL Collective, go to heelsforlife.org. If you're watching, it's right there on the screen. If not, Heels, the number four life.org is how you can get involved. Find out how you can support these guys as they uh, go through their, their playing career at UNC. But that's all I got, Caleb. I appreciate it. Tommy, you want to sign off? No, I, I, again, appreciate it to Caleb. Appreciate it to Jacob for help connecting us to get this done. And appreciate everybody for listening and watching. And like Joey said, I said it before don't boo, donate. Heelsforlife.org the way you can support North Carolina football collective uh, inside Carolina players lounge, all that good stuff. Take care of them. They, they busted every day on that football field, win or lose. Like Mr. Hood said earlier, everybody competes. Um, Caleb, appreciate you taking the time, my friend. Rise and shine football fans. This is Susanna Fuller from morning footy, a podcast part of the CBS sports Galazzo network covering the breadth of the global game. Join me, Nico Cantor, Charlie Davies, Alexis Guerreros, and guests every morning for the perfect blend of news, analysis, conversation, and exclusive interviews. If you love soccer, then look no further. We've got you covered for Europe's top five leagues, the W Gold Cup, the Champions League Knockout Stage, CONCACAF Nations League, NWSL, MLS, Transfer News, and much more. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found. Subscribe to Morning Footy.